0: Welcome to the One M Strong podcast. I am Marvin Harris, your host. One M Strong is dedicated to building stronger small businesses. We talk with entrepreneurs and the people who support the small businesses behind the business to learn how to build and grow sustainable businesses. On today's One M Strong podcast, we have Promoe Rahija, CEO and co-founder of Air agility gonna talk to us today about reinventing your business model. Welcome to the One I'm Strong Podcast, Promote. Yeah, so tell us about yourself, you know, give them your background, what you're working on, and and your your business experience and um and what, what you've been doing. So
1: yeah, absolutely. So, um, without going into super long down a rabbit hole, yeah, about a, you know, longtime serial entrepreneur, you know, something that as I was you know growing up and getting older, I was kind of trying to figure out. I think as most people do on their journey, on their own personal journey, is what are who are they and and you know what really are they put on this earth for? And I kind of figured out, um, you know, after actually already doing business for many years as an entrepreneur, it was probably like at least. 12 years, 11 years, something like that into the journey that I was like, still kind of questioning that, like, you know, who am I? And and I really figured out that, truly at the heart of everything. I'm an entrepreneur. And, um, so been working on different ventures for a number of years. And the most recent one being something I co-founded three years ago, uh, is a company called agility. We spun out of the university of Maryland. So we're a university spin out something I had never done before. And that's an interesting, you know, almost separate podcast in its own right. Uh, you (laughs) know, in terms of how do you, how do you do that and how do you work with the university and all those kind of things. And, um, there's a lot of pros to it. There's a lot of mm-hmm. great things that come out of it in terms of, uh, you know, characteristics that help your company if you do something like that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we've, we've been around for about three years. And as I mentioned, and we are on the cutting edge, I'll call it of artificial intelligence and mm-hmm. autonomous systems as it relates to unmanned systems. So mm-hmm. when you think of an unmanned system, think of a drone okay. or think of your little eye robot that, 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 you know, you might have in your house or, um, or any type of robot really for that matter. So that would be an unmanned system. Mm. And so we focus on the artificial intelligence and how to, how do you actually give that device a brain and how Mm. does it also operate without, you know, a human in the loop
0: or a minimal human in the loop? Oh, that's, that's really interesting. You know, um, You made something very complex sound very simple, so I'm sure the audience would appreciate that. So (laughs) so kind of talk about your business model, how you developed it, not even not just for agility, but even other other ventures you've had and how you've had to pivot them along the journey as as, you know, life or business environments change like we're facing now with this whole COVID situation.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, the business model thing, uh, first and foremost is, you know, I'll make a global statement and Mm -hmm. super important to, um, you know, if some of your listeners are probably early stage companies and startups and Mm -hmm. super important to sort of figure that out, or at least go down a path where Mm -hmm. you have a business model. I see many early stage entrepreneurs that have ideas and they say, Hey, I have an idea and I want to build this, or I want to create that, or I want to build a software that does this. And, you know, one of the first questions, of course, I'll ask is, well, great, who do you, you know, who is your, uh, customer and what exactly are you selling? And in many in many, in many cases, and and rightfully so, they're not really sure hundred percent, but that's a a journey that has to, you know, has to happen. So that's just a global statement around your, uh, around your question around business models, specifically with air agility. Uh, when we started the company, you're going to laugh at this. Uh, we literally said, Hey, let's start a company. We have some IP. We really don't know what we're going to do with that IP. We don't even have a working prototype yet, um, but we'd like to. But okay. let's go ahead and start a company. And we did. <laughs> and we started this company and then we kind of yeah. said, okay, now we got to figure out how to get some money. Because mm-hmm. we didn't even have any money. We were completely just sort of, you know, living off the edge, on the edge of uh, having some you know, uh, some early stage prototype money, but that was pretty much gone at that point. Mm -hmm. And because it was, went into building a prototype that wasn't even a working prototype yet. And, um, so we were lucky in, in some sense, but we were also resourceful in another sense, meaning that we, you know, we took it upon ourselves to say, okay, how do we go get money without diluting our company? Not to mention that, maybe nobody wants to invest yet because there's nothing right. here you know so um so we were able to get some grants and you know specifically the grant we got that really kicked everything off was something called the Maryland Industrial Partnership grant which is a again a you know university of maryland product that uh you know because we were a spin out of the university of maryland we were able to tap into and you know we were you know, part of the family or ecosystem. And that was a requirement to even apply for one of these is, you know, to have some affiliation and we had a pretty strong affiliation. So bottom line, um, you know, we started by getting some early stage money and from that we decided not decided, but we sort of figured out, we were starting to figure out the whole business model thing and to answer your question around you know pivots and things like that yeah we started out as a company saying hey let's go out and have a drone that can do amazing delivery and logistics okay. and this is now 3 years ago middle of 2017 when you know drone delivery and things like that were just beginning to be talked about in a more ubiquitous manner uh the googles and the amazons of the world were starting to do more you know, around this as well and pouring money into it. And one of the things that we did, and I would advise anybody to do this in their company is we did a, something called a blue ocean strategy exercise. And what does that mean exactly? So blue ocean strategy is actually a book. It's a great book. I would highly recommend it to our, our listeners today for any type. doesn't matter what type of business you're in and blue ocean strategy in a very, very simple way just means where do I, as a business go with my business model Um, And who do I sell to where there's a blue ocean, where there's some opportunities versus a red ocean where everybody else is playing and I'm just another competitor and potentially pricing is a, you know, you become a commodity. So how do I avoid that? And that's a blue. So we did a blue ocean strategy exercise internally within our company Hmm. early on. And we also were able to line up and find something that made sense along those lines uh, where we were able to align our product roadmap with, uh, another product roadmap, where we were actually getting some money and um, and and build towards that and so who i 'm speaking about is actually um, Department of Homeland Security. We were fortunate enough to find a contract vehicle that we were a good fit for um, and uh, we were you know one of hundreds of companies that applied for it, and only you know one of ten selected for this cohort and you know, we've been on this project now for two years, and it has absolutely been, you know, what has put us on the map with our product. And now, fast forward to, you know, two years into that project, we're finally launching our first product. Um, and if you're in a company like ours, there's where there's a lot of what we call deep tech, which is a combination of AI and computer science and mechanical engineering and you know, aerospace engineering and aerodynamics and material science, uh, it's not an easy road. You know, you can't, you can't just stand up a website on a weekend and start selling something. You literally have to figure out how to build these things, make them work together, and you have to have the money to do it. So, you know, I'm really proud of our team that we've been able to do all that. And now we are literally, you're, you're, you're interviewing me on a day that we're actually delivering
0: our first product. Well, congratulations! That's that's um that's a big accomplishment. Uh, how are you going to celebrate? I know people can't gather, which makes you know these special moments in business and in your personal life a little harder. But I'm I'm assuming you're going to do something to uh, as this a watershed moment for your company. So yeah,
1: absolutely. I think the you know the first thing we'll do is. Uh, Uh, While we are socially distancing and Mm -hmm. working from home, we're also coming into the office and we're observing all of the all the different COVID guidelines, including wearing masks. And we have hand sanitizer and wipes everywhere and all that sort of thing. Um, We're also going to uh, so we'll probably do something here next week where, you know, we'll bring in some lunch and just sort of enjoy each other's company. Uh, We'd love to be doing some sort of activity together, you know, playing, playing a sport or something but that that we're going to have to hold off on uh, you know, because of COVID. Yeah, but we are going to we are looking to answer your question, and I'll I'll throw this out there. We're looking to do something later this month, near the end of the month, that would be you know sort of the, the the real celebration, and it'll be a lot of fun for the team, and it will satisfy the social distancing guidelines, which is to say, we're thinking of probably going out, and if you've ever heard of, I'm sure many of our, viewers, our listeners have heard of trapping trap and skeet where you actually have to shoot these like clay pigeons sort of thing. Right. And, um, and they have one of those right here near college park in Greenbelt, Maryland. And you know, you wear a, you wear a mask and everything and you go out there and individually shoot, but you still keep track of the score. So it's still
0: fun and competitive. Oh, nice. Nice. So if you were to give people like three tips on starting down a journey of figuring out your model, what would be those three tips if you kind of looked at them in lanes and, and, and so they could get started, maybe thinking through what they need to do along the process. So,
1: and, and you're referring to maybe starting a company or starting with a product yeah, or service thing, of some I, I sort. I
0: even think reinvention because right now people are trying to reinvent themselves. So, for example, <laughs> in your case, uh, you, you like you said, you have a deep tech product that was in in process, but some people had an existing business and now they, they never had a business model. They just like you said, put up a website and they start making money, but they didn't really think through a business model right i always say i always try to look at it like this uh i'm in like it's this craft beer place by my house it's right by the metro but nobody's catching the metro anymore so they didn't get so codependent customer relationships can disguise the fact you didn't have a business model and now yeah. those codependent relationships that drove uh people to your business whether. You know, whether you are advertising on Facebook or you got traffic because of location or whatever other factor, now that's gone. And so now they have to create one. So what would be the steps to analyze whether I have one or not and what I need to change based on the current environment, not just in my local community, but also thinking about the large economy as a whole. All right. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it does. So I'll I'll give you, I'll share a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So number one, um, I think that, um, you know, if you're, I always tell people to become a student of learning. And of course, that sounds really simple. But what I mean by that is, even go outside your own domain. So Mm -hmm. I love to like even learn what other industries are doing. So I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example. Um, You know, no matter what business you're in, you always have some customer service component. So even if you, if you know, it doesn't matter who you're selling to somebody is your customer. So there has to be some sort of service. One of the things I did years ago, it's been uh, probably seven years, I guess, since I've done this, but I went to visit Zappos, which is a shoe company um, which probably a lot of people have heard of, I'm sure zappos.com and they're based out in Las Vegas. And as part of a, another, you know, sort of a CEO group that I was part of, we went to visit them and you know, I wasn't doing, my business had nothing to do with shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't even have anything to do with consumer, you know, selling a consumer product of any sort, which is what a shoe is. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot just from that visit about how they provide customer service. And I was able to take some of those tidbits and apply them in my company. Uh, Another example. So this is, that's what I mean by learn, you know, become a student of learning is understand what other industries are doing, because even if you don't think, uh, you know, it applies to you, there's probably something you can learn that really truly does apply to you. Uh, The other thing, another one, another good example that I'll give of of learning and then I'll move on to another tip is uh, the Marine Corps. I was able to attend a, what, something called a Marine Corps Executive Forum, which is essentially the Marine Corps takes small business executives and they bring them over to the Pentagon and down to Quantico, Virginia, where they do initial Marine Corps training. And we get to spend a whole day with the Marine Corps. And one of the things I learned was how they actually train their young cadets who are like 18 years old and they put them on the, you know, on the front end of a, of a, of a deployment and they're making decisions, you know, like, like big decisions that you wouldn't believe. And so how do they actually train these people and how do they employ that trust and just learning how to do that in your own business can help you immensely. Right. So took, took home some of those principles, of course. Um, And then the other thing I would say, you know, in this day and age, especially with COVID and, Businesses having to reinvent. It, it goes, it plays right into my number, the first tip there, which is learning. And I can give you an example of, um, uh, a few companies that have, you know, completely, you know, pivoted. Uh, but before I even do that, I'd say understanding customer discovery and how, how that process works.
0: That's is, huge. Most is huge. Don't do they don't ask the question, right? Exactly. Most so. people
1: don't do that. So, mm-hmm. actually, going out and talking to your potential, what you think are your customers, may may not be your customers, but who you think are your potential prospects or customers, and actually asking them unbiased questions. And there's actually a whole process around it. Um, uh, Steve Blank's books are, are there's a gentleman named Steve Blank, B-L-A-N-K. If you Google him, he's got a number of books that tell you how to do this. Uh, the Lean uh, lean methodologies. Eric Ries is another one. R I E S. Yeah. These are great books that kind of mm-hmm. teach you how to, how to do this customer discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, and I think, I think the other example I can give you is, um, that I think most people that are listening will, will appreciate is there's a number of companies out there that are out there right now that were companies and their businesses dried up and they turned into, um, you know, creating PPE or creating hand Mask, sanitizer, like, whatever. you know, masks yep. and then, yep. and then founding farmers in Reston, Virginia, or not just Reston, but all over the DMV is another great example where, you know, the restaurant business dried up and dance, uh, Simon's there, who's the, the, um, the founder of that restaurant group essentially turned all of his founding farmer restaurants into marketplaces. So now mm. people are going in there and shopping just like you would at a Trader Joe's or a Harris Teeter or a Whole Foods, you know, and they're, and he's got, you know, unique, um, you know, organic and locally grown. And so he's, you know, he's, he's able to pivot. Uh, another great example is um, a local company called tryhungry.com that, you know, was selling to corporations and not, and of course, corporate market dried up and right, they were able totally. to pivot to, a, pivot to a home delivery model. And they're doing, you know, they're not doing what they were doing, of course, but Hey, at least they're, bringing in revenue and they're surviving, right? They're Mm -hmm. not, they're not, they're not dying. And that's the key here. And the key here is to get through this current situation intact. And even if that means completely pivoting your business model. So those are a couple examples that anybody could Google and there's plenty of, uh, you know, information on those examples that will tell you what those entrepreneurs did. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And if I were just to add one thing, I I would tell them to, be more narrowly focused on who your customer is, because sometimes your net is so wide you really can't really zero in on on something. And that one small group could be larger than you think, but you just haven't focused on it. And have any insight to understand who your customer is deeply. And that's not just, uh, okay, people that if I sell, I'm a sandwich shop, I sell sandwiches you might have to zero in and have and break that down a little further so you can really go after that market right and and yeah. be, right so and i think people don't really appreciate that but if you look at all the successful companies big brands and large brands that are popular in regional areas they they do that's what they really do they just their market is just bigger right like stripe i'm up their online payments platform they have a narrow focus but it's just a wide depth of people that fit that you need to know your box. I, I really feel people don't understand, uh, really take time to understand that about their business model. They think everybody's their company. Yes, and yeah.
1: you're absolutely right, Marvin. And that's that's why I was alluding to these resources mm-hmm. like Steve Blank or Eric mm-hmm. Ries because... That's where they really drill down. And if you're a young entrepreneur, there's also there's also coursework out there online right. that help you stay disciplined and accountable. Uh, as an example, we we went through, and I believe you did as well. You, yep. you were telling me one time uh, the I Corps program, which is which has different forms. There's a National Science Foundation one. There's there's several of them, and um, you don't necessarily have to go through one of those programs, but it's nice to have the accountability. Yeah. So um, you know to 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 like stay disciplined because as you mentioned, most entrepreneurs, including myself will cast a wide net. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you have sort of a sales mentality, like I do, you sort of kind of, every time you see something that looks really cool, and shiny, you go squirrel and you think to yourself, <laughs> yeah, I got to go after that. And, yes, and, and in reality, you, sh- you shouldn't, you shouldn't go after that. Or maybe mm-hmm. you should, but only to a certain point to explore if it's worth, you know, more of your time. And, and if it's not, don't waste it. Don't waste that time and actually stay honed in and focused on this niche. And, you know, most people say, I'm going to be A, B, C, D, E of this market. Well, the reality is you got to start with A and then, right. you know,
0: you can go from there, yes, <laughs> you go yes. from there. Yeah, and, and that's, um, it's an interesting thing. I was, um, I had read this quote <laughs> by this billionaire, and he was talking about, I say no to most things, and I try to find one thing that I can 10x, and I've been very successful at doing that. So there's, there's a pattern of behavior that you need to adopt, and you need to be flexible and adaptable. I think a lot of times we think we're customer focused, but we're really not. We are. Uh, focused on our goals versus the customer's goals. And you get sidetracked by that because you you say yes to things you shouldn't say yes to that are really detrimental to your business because it takes time. There's only so much time. I feel like that's our number one asset, not not just as entrepreneurs, small business owners, but even as professionals. And what you decide to focus your time on is really an indicator of probably how how you're going to be successful, how efficient you're going to be at getting to your goals. Um, so
1: absolutely. And I think you said something, you said something that really kind of hit the, hit the hammer on the nail, which mm-hmm. is to say, uh, patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it truly is, um, you know, the, the, these are, these are behavior, these are behaviors you can learn. Yes. Like you're not, you're not born with a certain, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm just this way. You can a- actually, you can actually learn these, this customer discovery pattern of behavior to where it becomes ingrained in your company. So you, launch a new service or product, you follow that process again and somebody, whether it's the, you know early on, I think in in new technology products or new services, uh, it's it's super important that the entrepreneur do it. you know so they 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 learn it and they get it and they understand what's going on. Obviously, as the business matures, other you know other people within the company can start to participate, you know biz dev, et etc, et cetera.
0: And it, and really doesn't matter if you have a service based company or a product based company. I think everybody needs to see themselves as a product, even a service company, because you might productize your services, you might distribute them digitally, and there's just different things you need to think about in a, in a, in a world, in this type of world, because workplace safety, I always say, you need to think about that as part of your business model. Compliance has become part of your business model, whether you're in a heavily re- regulated business or not, and how is that going to impact the decisions you make and how you deliver service to customers? and where can you provide that value where you can you might be able to distinguish yourself by how you your process is over another business simply by how you how you deliver your service and that might be a differentiator for a segment that that they put value on that and people are going to start putting value on that and your purpose and that needs to align to your model and then that should determine your customers as you do this discovery but so anyway, so I, I can get on the soapbox about this stuff, but uh, I'm very passionate about it. Cause, <laughs> Absolutely. Because I've uh, I've done the other way and, and I've had a lot of, uh, that's when things didn't go well for me. So I, I can appreciate it. So so in terms of uh, if you were to kind of step back and, and you get to this reinvent and you say, okay, I need to go this route. What would you say about acting fast? and not being indecisive in the context of making a decision. Okay. I know I need to do this model. Now fear can sometimes cripple you or overthinking. What do you say to people? So they just go ahead and do it and not be afraid of the failure that may or may not come by making this, this transition.
1: I would say that's also sort of a pattern of behavior that you can train yourself. And I see this and I, um, you know, I've, uh, I'm, I advise and mentor a lot of uh, young founders and even older ones and kind of just share knowledge and and even guidance and some coaching. And one of the things I see often is this sort of, um, you know, the term paralysis by analysis, right? Which is to say that you've got to figure everything out before you actually start or launch. And the, exactly the opposite is what you should be doing, which is, hey, I'm not saying you shouldn't analyze something that you shouldn't put your own due diligence into it. But at some point, you've got to launch not knowing all the answers, um, but having enough of a hunch that you know that you're onto something and that you feel like you can get business um, and you feel confident that you can do that. And then you got to go because if you don't, somebody else will. Um, and in, in you know, the world of business and specifically startups as opposed to the academic world, you, know, you can't just read everything and know everything. You've got to actually do. So even if you said, Hey, I'm going to sit down and watch this, uh, you know, six month course on entrepreneurship. And then I know what to do. The reality is you're not going to know what to do. Um, you're going to, you're going to learn, you're going to learn a lot just as you're doing. So I would say you do those things in parallel. So keep continuing doing your analysis, you know, whatever that consists of, but, uh, you've, you've got to be thinking, um, you know, to go fast, um, because otherwise somebody else is gonna beat you to it. So, and again, it depends on your product or service. What are you offering? Are you another competitor? How do you differentiate? Ask all these questions of yourself, figure out the best answers you can, and you may not know all the answers. And that's kind of the point. You still gotta move, even if you don't know all the answers.
0: And that's okay. I think it's about proof points. This is where science can apply to non-scientific endeavors. And I, I will, I'm i on this, like you said, sure. the National Science Foundation class and really affirmed about building a hypothesis, but it's a business hypothesis. I'm going to document this with some quantitative metrics. It could be something simple and and help me prove out this new model. You don't have to go a thousand miles. You might just go 20 miles with that hypothesis and then you can iterate on that. And I always advise, and I've learned this from my personal experience, If you start with a point of view, like there's this book called Play Bigger, I don't know if you're familiar with it, uh, and they talk about category kings. So everybody's trying to be their own version of a category king in reality, right? You may not dominate 80%, but where can you dominate in terms of against your competitors and where you have that competitive advantage? And that could be the basis for that hypothesis. Where can I dominate, or so I can reach X goal in the next 12 months? Make it tangible and measurable, and then you can you can use the data as you're, you're like making these these progress points to see how you're doing and tracking. And you can pivot against that. I think people try to go all in too quick, or they don't go in at all. Versus having a, a a more tactical approach to it that's measured around a trying to prove out something or disprove it and then once you just prove it you can adapt it so it's important to just have enough uh in there for flexibility and adaptability as you learn because as you get into it you're going to learn things you would have never imagined. so sure. so so if you were to kind of think through you break down the model into kind of components like i always say there's four pieces to it right there's the customer engagement piece there's the sales there's the marketing and then there's this whole component of the business behind the business that needs to happen so if you kind of look at those four how would you prioritize those different steps in the process to kind of go after this market or go after this new model like step so, one step uh, two.
1: Yeah, so just uh, just to go back to your categories, just for a second, sales, mm-hmm. customer
0: service, were the last two you said? I, I said the business behind the business and marketing or slash brand awareness, because you have to make this new market aware that you're doing this new thing, right? It Absolutely. Yours, right, So, so there's steps in that process. There's the infrastructure you need to put in place then you can. Yes. Do, right. So, and so sure. how, how do people kind of build into that without leaning too deeply? So they have room to pivot if, you know, the hypothesis is proving something a little different. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I always recommend that, you know, this, and this goes back to what we've been talking about entirely on this podcast, which is around <laughs> the customer discovery um is this, how do I, go and figure out how to sell something even before I have it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've done that in a couple of businesses where that's kind of what we've done, where we've said, Hey, let's, let's go out and feel the market out. Would they be willing to pay for something? Now, at the end of the day, you're not going to know until they actually put their money on the table or through the credit card or what have you. But I would say that's a first step is like, let's, as you're, as you're figuring out what that product to service is um, you know, you, you need to you need to really go test the market and that's that's where the customer discovery that we've been talking about comes in now let's assume that you've gotten past that point and you've said okay we, we we have a product here people want it and we know that and it's obvious and they're they're maybe even pre-ordering at that point and you know putting trying ready to put their money down um then i think at that point you know it turns to okay let's make sure you know we've we've tested the market we we know there's some demand we need to make sure we deliver the best damn product or service that there is. So that then goes into the customer service because those early people potentially could be your evangelists and referrals. They're going to give you referrals and you don't want to necessarily fall flat on your face. I mean, those early lighthouse customers can serve two purposes. One, they could be they can be those champions for you. Number two, you know, if you set the expectations properly, they can also help you experiment and make sure you have the product where you want it. And I would say with the, I, I would, I would put out there with the, with the right early customers um, that that's the way to go. You know, maybe they're getting a discount because they're the first customers or what have you. And maybe the customer service to answer your question is not set up yet, but mm-hmm. you know, they can call you on your cell phone, <laughs> right? <exactly. laughs> right? Yeah, you don't and, have to over
0: it. might be a Google, yeah. sh- it might be a Google form. I mean, so I saw this, some, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I would say it goes back to the principle that I learned early on as a youngster. And I still think everybody struggles to employ it, but it's something that I live by, which is keep it simple, stupid, right? The KISS principle, which uh, which is to say, you know, hey, as you're rolling out a product or service, you've proven the demand and now you're going to market you know, you don't have to have every single piece completely 100% figured it out. You should have the basics figured out, which means Mm -hmm. do I have a good product or service that I'm delivering? Number one, okay, yes, I do. Check. Now um, they're buying for me. Okay, check. Um, Now I'm going to deliver it to them. uh, Check. And then fourth, uh, okay, what if something goes wrong? Now, how does that work? That's, that's the check that you can keep very simple by just, you know, employing a very simple process of in the early days, it might just be call me. (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, (laughs) as, as, as you grow, then yes, you're going to have certain things that you'll set up in your company. But I would say that you really first need to make sure you've got that demand and sales process down before you, get to a full hundred percent like you know and again this is going to depend on every business so you yeah know, a it's like
0: very for sure yeah
1: a company yeah. like mm-hmm. IBM you know well heck they're already going to have a customer service in place right. so launching something new they already got the infrastructure but what we're talking about here really is a small company that doesn't have that
0: infrastructure yet it's not about being perfect it's about starting and learning and, and it adapting. is about
1: starting and learning the other thing that mm-hmm. you, I think uh, you know is pretty fairly, fairly ubiquitous these days is almost all those other pieces like customer service and things like that, you can outsource and employ the a lot of tools to help you keep that simple as well these days with uh, all the different software as a service products out there, you know, like Zendesk and things like that, where you can say, okay, let me, let me set up one person <laughs> that's, you know, manning the chat, <laughs> you know, or what have you, you don't need an army, you know, yet,
0: no, no. You can digitize a lot of these things. Um, like intercom is another one. HubSpot, you know, absolutely. A, uh, even even the social media platforms, depending on your market, um, you know, Facebook Messenger uh, messaging services. You can you can have support through Twitter. So um, there's a lot of different ways to uh, slice that you know mm-hmm. slice that pie, so to speak. So I always say you need to look at the customers and groups like, you know, I'm a big believer of this differentiation of innovation. So you really, that first group in this new model are really just early adopters. So when you look at that market demand, you need to think about the early adopters because those are the ones that are going to buy from you first, the laggards or the people, they're not, or you're not going to reach the chat until you reach that chasm, you're not going to get the bulk of your customers. So Proving that the markets there is good too, but underneath that, who were the early adopters? Because those are the only ones you should be targeting in that first phase as you switch over to this new model. And then other yes. people kind of hang around. And that's not necessarily a different customer. I had an advisor tell me you have to build for the few before you can build for the many. And so that's, that's right. That, right. So uh, I just think people need to be thinking about that. No matter what type of business they have, It, it these principles apply, whether it's technology, whether it's beta, or c uh, consumer brand business, or what have you. The, these principles kind of are agnostic you just apply them to different types of product or you know what i call value you know value creation of business so yeah yeah so absolutely
1: we, and that goes back to the uh to what we talked about with lighthouse customers those, those yes. early customers become you know they become a couple things several things to you yeah so that's a great point
0: okay okay well, so um so if we were to wrap up um if you were to kind of think through what the biggest lessons people kind of kind of take away, I would, uh, and I'll just chime in real quick. I would just say, be adaptable, be flexible, and focus on what the market's telling you, not what you think the market's going to do. So if, what would you say Those like three points to, for people to think about as a transition to doing something different?
1: So. Yeah. So if we, you know, talk about like even this day and age where, you know, people are pivoting in terms of their careers and businesses and things like that. Um, absolutely. You know, I'll I'll echo the flexibility. Uh, that's a huge one because you do need to really have an open mind around, uh, what's possible, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, uh, And just, you know, even citing a couple of the examples that I gave earlier around companies that had sort of pivoted during COVID around, especially food businesses, you know, in general, uh, they they had to figure out what's possible. What could we do? What could we do fast? Um, So I'd say flex. Yeah, definitely flexibility. Um, uh, You know, going back to what I said earlier, being a student of learning and and being a student of learning in other domains other than your own, not, not, not sort of keeping tunnel vision. And so opening up your eyes and saying, well, with what I'm doing, what else could I do? Uh, and then the final piece that I'll give is, um, I know you can't get out there right now, but I will still say it, get out there online and absolutely, uh, spread your wings in terms of your, your network. You know, tap into the people you know, see what other people are up to, and apps. And this is, this applies whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee or anything in between. You know, you've you've you know that that is your gold. That's where you're going to find things that you wouldn't have thought of on your own by talking to your colleagues and friends, and actually getting yourself out there. You know, even not in, maybe not literally, but even online. Just get you know putting yourself out there and talking to people. And I can you know, give you my wife as an example, who's, who's starting her own, you know, business right now during COVID. And, you know, she'll probably tell you better than I can that, uh, if she hadn't spread her wings out on, you know, on social media and or sort of through her network online on LinkedIn, et cetera, um, she wouldn't even be as far as she is right now in terms of her own journey. So, you know, definitely go ahead and spread your wings.
0: Marvin, can you hear me?
1: uh Oh, Marvin, hello.
0: I'm here. I'm here. Uh, we oh. lost you for a bit. So, um, no, the last you you actually cut out, but you were talking about your wife's business, and uh, and then we lost you. So,
1: oh yes, I was just saying that uh, you know in, in her journey she, you know, she's pretty much starting this thing during COVID and had she not reached out and connected with mentors and other colleagues and, uh, you know, people that were maybe in the same domain or outside the domain, she wouldn't be as far along as she is. You know, she'll probably, she'll definitely would would say that, you know, in her journey is as she's starting up her, her, her company that, uh, you know, having others there to help her, has been a big key to success. So don't underestimate, um, even somebody in another industry that might might be able to offer some advice that really helps you in your journey.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and, um, before we close out, can you, uh, kind of talk about the product, whatever you can share. And if people are interested in learning more about agility, how they can get in touch or connect with you or what have you. So.
1: Absolutely appreciate that. So we are launching uh amongst many things that are going on within our company, uh we are launching a product. It's a small drone called the DS1. And it is a uh it is a drone that has the capability, uh, an unmanned system as we call it. You know, drones uh I I like to think of a drone that does, as something that doesn't have a brain, but this vehicle has a brain. So we call it an unmanned aerial system, and it can fly indoors, outdoors, uh pretty much anywhere. Um and Why that's important is that it can go into situations where you don't have a GPS signal, which is, you know, something that most, um, systems use these days, but you can't get a GPS signal if you don't have a line of sight to the satellite. So being able to fly in situations where, uh, you are, searching, doing search and rescue, disaster recovery, public safety and security, things like that are, are you know absolutely required. No GPS because you're going to be going into those, you know, into like maybe a burned out building or, a, or under a bridge or what have you. And so we're launching this product here. We're making our first deliveries to DHS uh, today and early next week. And then we're going to spend a little time going back to our conversation we just had now, making sure we understand all the customer components of it and the delivery components of it, and then do more of a hard launch in a few weeks where we actually are going to be, you know, selling products to you know pretty much anybody that is interested within that domain of public safety. Uh, and also the public safety domain then translates to, Uh, inspections. So we're talking to a number of commercial companies around doing indoor inspections and tanks and things where, you know, people go right now, but maybe it's a hazardous environment. So you send in one of our unmanned systems that can deal with those hazards. And if if it doesn't come back, it's okay, but you definitely want your humans to come back (laughs) to you. Um, So that's what we're delivering and we're excited to deliver it. So anybody that's listening that has any sort of interest in you know, learning more. Uh, happy to connect, or a, a, even just for some friendly advice. Happy to connect.
0: So, how would they get in touch with you? Can you give us the website or contact information? Yeah, to uh, reach out to you.
1: Sure. Our website is uh, Airgility A I R G I L I T Y dot co c o, and my email promote p like Paul R A M like Mary O. D like Dave at agility.co. I'm also on Twitter as promote Rahesia and uh, on LinkedIn. I'm on all the social media channels and I can be easily pretty easily found.
0: Okay well, this has been wonderful. I really enjoyed it uh, learned a lot and uh, also got a chance to be a little nerdy, which I always love because I can't do it every day. So thanks for your time and I really appreciate you being a guest on this show and I, I look forward to uh, continuing uh, talking to you and continued success with Agility and all your other ventures. So this has been wonderful.
1: So. Marvin, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I had a great time.